Hey everybody, welcome to episode six of Boy Meets Tech. Today we speak with author and marketing expert, Eric Carlin. Eric Carlin is the founder of AdBliss, a marketing and advertising agency. And today Eric discusses with us really what a startup needs to do to execute well on website, branding, social media, and just the mistakes that he sees a lot of tech startups make in that space. Uh, So without further ado, enjoy episode six. Hey, Cameron. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Where, uh, where are you located again? Are you on the East Coast? No, I'm in Minnesota. Um, okay. So yeah. Are we only an hour behind? Are you in uh, Minneapolis? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I'm cool. an hour behind. Yeah. It's all good, though. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I personally like love the Midwest, so I'm always excited <laughs> to get a chance to go up there. It's like my, my favorite part of the country. Really? Yeah. But I think it's just because I'm, I'm I lived in New York for like now like 15 years, so when I go up there, I'm just like humbled by how nice the people are. Right, <laughs> so right. I'm always surprised by it. But uh, yeah, so I appreciate you kind of joining on. I think you kind of got a gist of of kind of what we'll be asking, just kind of a general, um, you know, overview of what we do, and then we want to get kind of granular on kind of specifically how you help you know startups and, and kind of advice for startups. Um, you for know, sure. Domain of expertise, and then we can kind of keep it like around. 20, 25 minutes. If we run a little bit longer, that's, that's no problem either. Um, and then if you want to plug anything at the end, that's, that's great. And then we'll kind of, we'll put uh, show notes for like all of your books and everything at the end as well. Perfect. Thank you, man. All right, cool. So, and then I'll, uh, the way it is, since it's, uh, since it's kind of like one long call, like I'll edit everything like in the beginning and the end, um, okay. at, at the, like during, um, editing. So, so don't worry about like this part. <laughs> I'll just, yeah, edit sure. the, just for that. so, all right, cool. So we can, uh, we'll start now, but, uh, All right. So thank you, everybody, for joining me. This is episode six of Boy Meets Tech. We are very excited today to be joined by Eric Carlin. He is the founder of AdBliss and the author of three very successful marketing books, uh, I believe, that are all currently sold on Amazon. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Cameron? Well, glad to kind of connect on a Saturday. It's it's always good to kind of find time uh, throughout the weekend when you can kind of... uh, uh, it kind of makes some time for the podcast is sometimes it gets a little too busy during the weekday. Oh yeah, I agree. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, um, you know, we spoke a little bit before and I uh, had you answer, you know, a few questions, um, before hopping on the podcast, but I'd love to know a little bit more about your background and then kind of how it led you to starting AdBliss, which I believe you've been there for, uh, you know, the last four or five years, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So actually I started out, uh, teaching myself search engine optimization and so uh, back years ago, um, I ran a YouTube channel where I started learning how to plug keywords into the video titles and the descriptions and actually just take a young group of guys who from the suburbs who nobody knew and actually just started to get us a lot more exposure um, across the Internet. Um, and so that was sort of what I used as my portfolio to get into digital marketing and prove myself to people. Um, and since then, I mean, you fast forward to today, uh, I help other companies with my, my agency AdBliss. I've wrote three books and I even manage a large e-commerce website with over a hundred thousand products. Awesome. So, uh, what does, so what specifically does AdBliss really do? And can tell me a little bit more about, kind of what the services and capabilities of that company is right now. Yeah. So I like to think of it as strategy, content, and analytics, because I think everything boils down to those three things in marketing. 
where right. I mean, it's self-explanatory, right? You have to know where you're heading with the strategy. Everything revolves around content, whether it's the copy, whether it's the video, the images, et cetera. And then um, with the analytics, I mean, you can't be successful online without the data behind it. Um, and so making those optimizations to keep things running smoothly is really important. And so what stage kind of companies are, are reaching out to you? Because, you know, with us, we've, we've now, we're going on month six right now, you know, we do everything internally and obviously we're bootstrapping, you know, our company, we stock right now. And so for us to really look for third party services or even like, you know, uh, essential things like law services, uh, it's very tough for us to kind of make that budget. So really what kind of, where is like your sweet spot in terms of where are companies and, and entrepreneurs, when are they reaching out to you in their life cycle? Right. So mostly in that startup stage and then also in the mid-sized business stage as well. Um, because every, I mean, you, like you're saying right yourself is that you start, you get to a point where you need that third party service. And um, I like being that person for people where I can help them realize this is where I'm heading. Right. Because, um, you know, I've been in that stage before where it's like, you don't you don't understand you you understand your own product and what you do but you don't understand how do i get myself out there for people and so um that startup to mid-sized business is really sort of my sweet spot from a collaboration standpoint but okay. um you know that being said it's all the same no matter how big of a business you are digital marketing is digital marketing right facebook is facebook google is google it all works the same and you're doing i mean you're doing a lot of kind of core core branding stuff, right? So websites, yeah. um, you know, uh, logos, things like that. So what's the different challenges between a startup who's kind of coming with you to a blank page who might not know their identity versus a mid-sized company who maybe they've kind of launched with a little bit of a shoddy website, uh, a, un, you know, not really a well-developed uh, branding, you know, and logo and package. How do you, what's kind of the two different kind of challenges that those two size companies uh, really provide to you right so i think you brought it out right there which is that the startups a lot of times don't know who they are they don't know what they you know they just don't know who they are right the mid-sized businesses right. are, are easier in the sense that they have a better understanding of who they are they're where they are for a reason because um they have that that brand figured out um and so yeah figuring out helping people to figure out you know well, I mean, really, I prefer that somebody knows what their business is, right? It's kind of hard to help somebody that doesn't have their brand figured out. But um, taking them to that next step and bringing it out to people um, is sort of where I come in. Okay. And then what makes to you a good website and a good branding? Yeah. So when I look at a website and a brand in general, I try to just step back and I say, how, and I try to look at how I feel as soon as, as soon as I see something, the thought that goes through my head is how I judge it. Um, I don't try to overanalyze it and look for specific things. If it makes sense when I see it, it makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense when I see it, um, it doesn't make sense. Right. Is that simple? Yeah. So, uh, you know, most recently is a website that I did turned out really well. Um, just because we really figured out the brand and uh, who those customers were and what it would make sense for those people to see as soon as they hit the website. Got it. And so now one of the services you guys do too is social media, which is obviously something I feel like everyone feels like they're going to do on their own and do a pretty good job at it because maybe personally they have their own social media accounts, but obviously right. that's 
different when it comes to their corporate account. Mm-hmm. So kind of what's the, what's the pitfalls you see there? And then what really makes a well-executed social media page? Because we're, we're going that, through that right now too. And it's for us, like we like to not be as buttoned up as some of these early on companies. You see, you know, early stage companies with two or 3,000 followers and every picture looks like it came through a, you know, professionally done kind of uh, service. And for us, right. we're taking more of a documenting process yes. to it. And like, we just want people like, in five years to be like, oh, we followed those people when they were still doing this, you know, doing it this way um, and kind of just follow our journey. So kind of which which direction do you point people in and, and kind of what pitfalls do you see them fall into with, with social media? Yeah, I mean, look, there has to be a balance between the time that you spend on your marketing and the time that you spend on your product. And striking that balance is not easy. Like you said, there's a lot of these people who spend 10 hours a day making the perfect Instagram post. And guess what? That's not going to do any better for you than just documenting where you are today and speaking the truth about your business um, and the problems that you're solving, right? Um, People aren't judging your social media posts with you know, uh, on a scale of one to 10, they just want to see it and see what you have to say and see what problems you're solving. And so documenting that journey and being consistent as well, you got to be on there every day. You got to be speaking to your customers with a specific brand tone in mind, with a specific brand identity, um, so that you're consistently building this idea, this perception of this is who they are. This is what they do. And this is what I can expect from them. Right. And I think just even the smallest things like you have to respond to everybody. Whereas like I see so many brands that are, you know, sub 5,000 followers and, and not responding to everyone that, that, that asks them or comment on a picture or something. And I think just right. small things like that is, is super important. Um, I think Facebook live, Instagram live, those, those types of platforms where you can put yourself in front of everybody is definitely underutilized. But I think one of the thing I've, one of the pitfalls that I've seen with, with some of the startups, especially in the food and beverage industry, where I personally came from is, people sometimes get suckered into digital marketing agencies that that don't provide them enough value and they overpay for what they're delivering so really what's the ROI that people should be looking for what what's kind of what's the way to measure uh, you know really great services they're getting from a digital marketing agency and and what should they be cautious about uh, reaching out to a third party marketing agency yeah you're absolutely right look people look it's quality over quantity and that's the way that both parties need to look at it the customers need to not go to agencies expecting large amount of large amounts of work for a very low price they need to go and look for quality work at a good price and the agencies need to do the same thing a lot of agencies like to work very fast so they can get as many customers as they can and make as much profit as they can and that's not the way to do it it's quality over quantity but it's both parties responsibility so what data are you providing to kind of show your value is it is it click through rates to the website is it is it actually downloads if it's a mobile app i mean what what are specifically are you showing the company to make sure like hey this is this is really where your money is going to work here Right. So it, so it, it, it varies for each client, whether their goal is to brand awareness or whether it's um, conversions. But overall, I like to break it down by channel. And, and also, so I break it down by channel. And then I also use attribution modeling to show them, look, if it's conversions and I'm showing them, look, this is how each channel is um, performing in terms of, you know, you know, your social media is driving 40% of your conversions, your email marketing is driving 20% of the conversions, so on and so forth. So they, they, they're not only looking at it from, well, how are my Google ads doing? But they're also looking at it, the general picture, right? Does that make sense? Right. 
Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. And I, I think that's just important for entrepreneurs to understand and, and be able to measure really the, the ROI that they're getting from a third party service. Yeah, um, I just don't think a lot of times they put in those uh, necessary parameters of really measuring if they're if an event or, or a post or, um, you know, a social media campaign was actually successful. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're going in that on our end as well. Right. And, you know, I'm seeing people become more comfortable with data. They're trying to learn it more. They're trying to get a better understanding of it nowadays than how they did just a few years ago. Just a few years ago, people, you had, they had to bow down to an expert who um, understood data. And nowadays they're like, wait a minute, maybe I can get in there and figure it out. Right. So yeah. um, the landscape is changing and we're definitely just grabbing so much more data. I think in the future, it's going to be, the same way that um, internet and technology was the upcoming thing. And God, if you had exposure to internet or technology, it was, just, you know, it was really, it was really um, great. But I think data is going to be that next thing where I was just, I was just reading something about Walgreens where Walgreens is um, they're looking at how people interact with their freezer section. Right. Yeah. So I was, I was blown away by the microscopic level of thinking on data. So there's a lot more to come with that. And I think it's necessary for people to become more comfortable with it, because if you don't get comfortable with it now, you're going to be real lost in five, 10 years. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's just, we're so, it's such a benefit to us to really understand the value of every dollar that you spend. I mean, we, I was at a marketing event last night and it was mostly, it was a food tech event and it was mostly restaurant owners. And they were like, you know, we can't really measure you know, if we have a hundred likes, if that, you know, how many dollars that actually means to our business. And I think for us, you know, especially in the tech industry, it's nice to be able to measure, okay, this is, this is, you know, the cost of every single customer. This is kind of what the value of every post is. And, you know, coming from a non-tech industry of, of food and beverage, it's, it's very cool to actually see where your money, it's a little frightening at the same time, right. but it's, it's great to actually measure every single dollar out and, and be able to come up with how many dollars in that means. Um, but also, so I just wanted to touch on it. So you talked about an e-commerce website that you ran. Can you touch a little bit more on that as well? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm not really sure where to begin, but basically when I started with e-commerce, I think the, the, the most meaningful thing I can say there is that when I started with e-commerce, I came in um, with a general digital background, understanding this is, you know, how I can drive website traffic and make a difference. But I didn't realize the operational standpoint behind e-commerce. I didn't realize everything that goes into it. I can't just decide on a promotion to get more people to convert. I have to, you know, look, I have to consider a lot of different things from pricing and profits to um, inventory to um, speaking with customers on the phone, how they're going to learn about the promotion, things like that. So more so the, the general operational standpoint of e-commerce, there's so much more to it on the back end than I think is obvious from all the Instagram ads you see where people are like, come start an e-commerce website and make $5,000 a month. It's like, no, there's actually a lot more to it than that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even just like we're, we're learning so much about affiliate links and kind of all that goes into that as well. So, I mean, the e-commerce part of it is it's definitely confusing to navigate, but I think a lot of people jump in thinking it's getting much easier than it actually is. Right. <laughs> uh, but so I've had a common theme through our first few guests here where um, all of them have a full-time job, whether they, they work for a company or they uh, founded a company like yourself. Um, and then they've also wrote a book uh, with that. And I've always kind of wondered if you write the book because you're super interested in that target and, and the kind of that topic, 
or also because you understand that that's maybe a funnel for the ad agency or for your company. And so with those three marketing books that you have you really wrote, have you really seen kind of a push from those people that buy the book then also come to be ad bless customers? Not at all. And I honestly don't try for it for that reason. Okay. In fact, it's pretty interesting. The So I'll talk about my first book first, and then I'll go into the others. The first book, um, I, I had been in a meeting with 10 small business owners and managers, and gosh, they were just so skeptical of digital and how it, how the internet is going to get them customers in that sense. How is, how am I going to get customers online and all this? And they were the, the amount of skeptic, skeptic, they were so skeptical. It was insane. And um, it was so much that you, you can't sit with 10 people and solve everybody's individual problems in one short hour, short one hour meeting, right? Um, no you need to deal with each person individually. And so I walked out of that meeting having said what I could say in a one hour meeting, but um, feeling like I, I wish I had a better platform to explain everything and help people realize no matter where you're at in your business, these are the different options that you have. And so I started from the most high level with my first book, Get Customers Online, where we go into search engine marketing, social media, email, um, like seven, seven different ways for small businesses and mid-sized businesses to start, get started getting customers online, um, basically going over what, how each of these works, right? And then um, how they can measure it and how they can actually execute. Um, so... I think it's really it's really useful in that sense. Then you go, you go into the second and third book, and they go a little bit deeper. So okay. my second book, Integrated Digital Marketing, is really focused on a, being a playbook. It's the first playbook for integrated marketing across search and social and email, et cetera. Um, basically it takes people from understanding this is who your competitors are. This is where your business is right now. These are your customers' problems and needs, and then takes them into developing a strategy based on that information. And then it actually breaks down 200, 200 bullet points for them to check off and say, yep, I've done this. I've done that. Not, not a checklist, but more so an act like action items, right? Do this, right. do that. So it's formatted like your regular book in the beginning. And then it takes this different approach afterwards, which I think is necessary um, rather than just talking about ideas. Because what I notice is I talk about a lot of ideas with people and they say, yeah, but I get to a point where I just need to know what do I do. And so that's um, what drove me to write it in that way. Yeah. And the third book is called the one hour marketing plan and it's basically a follow-up to integrated digital marketing where um it's a visualization it's a template um and the idea behind it is that if you know your your business well enough you know your competitors and you know your customers you could actually develop your marketing plan in one hour um and so yeah and you know it's funny because the, the second and third book I actually launched because I realized how cheap it is right now to advertise on Amazon. You know, what's really funny is Gary V talks a lot about how Google ads used to cost them as low as five cents a click back like yeah. 10, 20 years ago, whatever. Right. And he's like, you'll never get those prices these days. Facebook is going up and all this stuff. And I'll tell you what, 
I can find plenty of keywords on Amazon for five cents a click right now. So yeah, I think it's definitely that pretty, was my motivation behind it. That was yeah. my drive. Was my fuel. I was like, I need to get these books out again before it, the, those prices go up because we saw what happened with Google. You can't get a cost per click under a dollar easy these days, right? And so um, to get get a cost per click at five cents on Amazon is amazing, especially with the conversion rates. I mean, on a bad day, my conversion rate would be ten percent. So it's, it's an amazing opportunity right now. So is that, so would you as, because right now, like our, like our main focus right now is really customer acquisition. And for us, we've, we've really proven a value to our brand and our enterprise partners, right. but where, where the rubber reaches the road for us is really about like, how can we scale? We don't want to scale rapidly on the customer acquisition part of it because we're still kind of uh, iterating on our MVP, mm-hmm. but we're really wanting to focus. Okay. Where do we focus our, are really kind of small budget on this until we, uh, you know, hopefully raise here in the next couple of months right. and really kind of put it to use in the best way possible. So yeah, I haven't heard Amazon really throwing around a lot, but we, you know, obviously we've heard Google, we've heard Facebook, social media, and, and we do all that. Um, but I'd be more interested to see, like, even for an app or something like that. Is that something that Amazon could be a successful tool for? Oh, absolutely. I think Amazon can be successful for a lot of things because they have the brand equity. Right. They okay. can they can move into any space and the equity follows. Um, people trust them. Right. They can put out prime video. And I signed up for Amazon Primes just to get prime video. I don't use two day shipping. Right. On a lot of things. I hardly ever use that, but I use it for the prime video. Um, and so to get one hundred dollars out of me for for the a beginning video streaming service, I mean, that's that's a lot considering Netflix is the same cost and they've got a lot more content, a lot better content. Right. So no matter what Amazon goes into, I think people are going to buy because they trust the brand. And so if you, if you were sitting down, like let's take the hour marketing plan into it, like a minute marketing plan and a company is now just launching, they really want to focus on customer acquisition. They've got a, you know, sub thousand dollar budget a month. Where are you directing those customers to really make the most out of that thousand dollars a month? Yeah. So if I was using, so the one hour marketing plan really focuses on a purchase funnel. And so it's not necessarily how much you spend and, Um, how many people you reach. It's more so how you funnel those people through and get them to make a purchase, right? So if you can um, run an awareness campaign that's then going to capture email addresses or phone numbers in order to connect with them further and then um, help them when they have an intention to actually buy something, if you can remove any hesitation around your brand, your product, and how you're going to serve them, then that $1,000 a month can go a very long way. Right. No, I think that's a great idea. And I will 100% will, will include the uh, the links to the books and also, um, you know, the AdBliss website um, in the show notes. Um, and I think, you know, we always kind of like to um, kind of end on this question, but really what's kind of exciting you about what's out there in the tech industry? I know, you know, we did a pre-interview and, and you had mentioned voice. Is that really kind of what's driving your interest in the tech space right now? I think the rise of voice technology is really significant. Honestly, I think we're going to become as dependent on voice as we are on our smartphones today. Um, I think how we shop, how we remember things, and even how we entertain ourselves is all going to be focused on voice. Honestly, in 2019, my personal goal in my personal life is to stop remembering anything and just have Alexa remind me to do everything. 
And do you think do you think the ads are going to shift to voice ads where it's almost like you're just going to put in like your voice campaign and it's going to spit out like instead of a you know a little Facebook pop up, it's just going to say like, hey, please download this app, and it's going to like you know you'll be able to say like Alexa, please download that app for me. Or like, how do you think? Like, what do you think for a small company? Yeah. How do they take advantage of of voice at these early stages, or do they not worry about it right now? I think voice is just a little bit too far away for most people, right? Yeah. Um, some people, are, you know, are getting involved, but I I haven't seen anybody personally trying to get involved with it. Um, and how it's going to work in terms of advertising. I don't know yet. I think there's a lot more to be developed with voice and we can't see the future of things that haven't been, if some, if, you know, if there's something that hasn't been developed yet, that's going to enable the next generation of digital advertising. um, It's hard to foresee what that next form of advertising is going to be. Right. So I think, I think first we have to further develop voice. It has to become a lot more, um, intuitive and reliable and understanding of how humans communicate with it, right? Because I sort of have to speak to Alexa or Google Home with um, a certain kind of voice and a certain string of words, right? I can't really talk to her like I would talk to you right now. Um, and when we get to that point, I think that's when a new form of advertising will take place. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think it's definitely something to be kind of cognizant of on the horizon. But Eric, I definitely appreciate you taking, uh, you know, 25 minutes out of your Saturday to, to spend some time with us. We will definitely put um, links in the show notes to everything. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have, uh, we'll have you on the show in the future as we continue to build out our audience and uh, continue to build out the podcast. Awesome. Much appreciated. Hey, I would love to come back on. All right. Thanks so much, Eric. Have a great weekend and everybody will see you for episode seven next week. Thanks so much. All right, Eric. Thanks so much. I'll, I'll edit that last part a little bit, um, okay. but appreciate it. Definitely like really like concise answers really, you know, <laughs> we've done only a handful of these, but sometimes yeah. people run really long to it, the answers. So I think it was good that we just had like a nice natural back and forth. Yeah, this did feel really natural. I agree. Cool. Well, I will definitely, you know, we also, I may be reaching out to you just on some personal stuff for our, for yeah, our company, definitely. like see if we need any help or anything, but uh, hopefully yeah. we'll keep the contact there and, uh, and hopefully we'll have an opportunity to work together in the future. Sounds good, man. Thank you. All right. Yeah, have a good weekend. Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll notify you when it releases, all right? Yeah, I'm excited, man. All right, cool. Appreciate it. All right, peace. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that latest episode. As usual, we are brought to you by WeStock. You can find more information at WeStock.io or download the WeStock app today in the App Store to start requesting and discovering your favorite food and beverage products. Thank you so much.